welcome to Awake to Women's Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Women's Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is energy, and that energy is interconnected and interdependent. In essence, that energy is all one thing. Now, ancient wisdom, spirit, and spirituality has been teaching the truth of oneness for eons, and science is now catching up. But this science, the science of quantum physics, is over 100 years old. So this is something we really should all know by now. But um, it's not mainstream, and it's something that once the world, once humanity awakens to the truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is a fresh voice for modern day spirituality with Joshua Tongo. Welcome, Josh. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Caroline. Thank you. Thank you. And I know it's very late there. You are in the Philippines, correct? Yeah, Manila, Philippines. So it's about 11 p.m. here, almost midnight, but okay. okay. So, all right, so it is, it is um, 11, the same time, we're at 12, exactly 12 hours. Right, right. So East it's Coast, 11 yeah. at night there, and it is 11 in the morning here. Right. <laughs> so thank you so much sure. for, for being my guest. Please share, sure. I actually, I met you at the IONS, Ions convention this year, this a few Soul weeks Soul Summit, ago. Soul Summit. Oh, so okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. Thank you for reminding me because literally I thought I met you at IONS. I actually I had two conferences back to back. They were just right, right, right. in between. Sure. And that I've I've gone to conferences before, but never two back to back. And uh, they, yeah. So I met you in Arizona <laughs> at the Soul Summit. <laughs> well, thank you very much for cool. Maybe in another universe we met there, but okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I met so many people at both conferences. I'm like, but that's right, the Soul Summit in Arizona. So thank you so much sure. again. Please share your journey with our listeners. Awesome, cool. Yeah, so Caroline, thanks for having me. Um, it was nice meeting you at the conference and, you know, just you approaching me. just got me, you know, really looking forward to being on this interview. So, you know, just start off with my story. You've already heard a lot of this when you were there at the event. But yeah. um, just for your listeners, you know, I was raised in like a Christian home. And so, you know, a lot of people are actually aware that uh, there's just more than one version of Christianity. Right. But sometimes people tend to forget that, though. So there are like these conservative Christians and I came from the more charismatic kind. So okay. what does that mean? So the charismatic kind of Christianity that I came from was a type that believed in like what we would call the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit. Right. So we would talk about speaking in other tongues. We would talk about uh, divine healing. We would talk about prophecy, things of that nature. And the thing was, that was my world that I lived in. I mean, I've seen some really interesting things that some people might even say is more of the extreme version of the charismatic kind. Um, in particular, I was raised in something called like the word of faith type of uh, faith, which is where you would see a lot of this on Christian television, where you'd see a lot of people falling down in the spirit, mm-hmm. you know, or sh- shaking in the Holy Ghost, um, people having like a holy laughter. I mean, that stuff is like very out of the box, even for a lot of um, Christians and even some charismatics, to be honest. 
But for me, that was the world that I lived in. And so I saw the kind of strange things in my life and just kind of accepted it as normal, so to speak. And I like to share something. I want to oh, share. Sure. Write, write about, write, talk, I want to share something can, can about what relate? you were just talking about. <laughs> um, okay. I was, I was brought up in a Catholic church. I wasn't, my family oh, okay. wasn't Catholic. But I, you know, since I was five years old, we went to to a Catholic church, our Episcopalian church, which was very, Episcopalian is as close as Catholic as you can get. So mm -hmm. I was used to, you know, I was going to Catholic school, so I had to learn all what to say after the, to respond to the priest. It was right, always right. the same, always the same. And yeah. then um, my grandmother, when I was seven years old, I went to Georgia, down south, um, where my grandmother lived, and she went to this, Baptist church and that's the okay. first I was seven years old and that's the first time I saw people talking in tongues and falling out oh okay yeah and that, but you know, think that scared me I was seven <laughs> <laughs> I was seven I went to Catholic uh, school Catholic church Catholic mass right. and uh, occasionally Episcopalian because my mom was Episcopalian my dad was okay. Baptist but he didn't really go to church so but yeah yeah down south in the deep south to a baptist church and i'm seeing all the stuff you're talking about i was yeah. seven years old and i was scared to death <laughs> i had that, that. I was like, good. what is going on here <laughs> but cool. continue please continue yeah, yeah, yeah and so you you can see there's a big difference even though some of us we would say we're christian there's other types of christians say yeah we are too but some churches they'll raise their hands when they sing other churches will just sit down and or just read from hymns where some are just, I, I came from the more emotional type where you express yourself, you know, where you could just get up and you know, get down on your knees in front of people. And it's like, not a big deal. But anyways, you know, I, as, as a, as a child, I grew up very fascinated with near death experiences because my mom used to share stories to me about people who would literally have like these near death experiences and they would die and go to heaven, you know, and they would meet Jesus. Right. Right. Uh, supposedly. Right supposedly and so as a child i never had a hard time believing those types of things especially within that framework that i had of like believing in in like you know this, this quote-unquote supernatural and miracles and you know so people going out of body was not strange but for me i've always wanted to have those type of experiences because they seem so uh transformative for the people that had them i mean these are people who were like dying or they got you know, into a car accident or they were sick and then they got lifted up out of their body and they were like in this heavenly place. And I was like, wow, you know, and they, some of them, they could, they got healed or they were in these very interesting environments that were just very different from what we see here in, in this physical plane. And, yes. um, and, and their lives are transformed, you know, where some of them did experience that, that like oneness, right. Just like what you talk about here. And for me, I want, as a child, like I always wanted those types of experiences. I just didn't want the near death part, <laughs> you know, but I, I, I like the whole like feeling love, <laughs> yes. you know, the, all those things and coming back to your body all transformed. Yes. And so as a child, I also had, you know, several experiences that, you know, that were very vivid for me that you would consider, people can consider like strange or like paranormal, you know, yes. like the paranormal phenomenon. And just to mention just two of them, but there were a good number of them, but just the ones that were like in the early years. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them was when I was a child and I was probably around five years old. And uh, I remember I just like sitting on my bed 
and at the corner of my room, I saw this ghostly figure just floating in the corner of my room, staring at me. <laughs> and I was a little child, and I was I was awake, and you know I I saw it just staring at me. It didn't say a word, and it didn't hurt me or anything. And I just screamed to the top of my lungs. I was a little kid, and my parents came in the room and they prayed over me. And you know, surprisingly, I didn't go to uh, my parents' room and sleep in the bed with them because I was scared. I, it, but it was something that I was just like, what was that all about? You know? Right. And then a couple of years later, there was a time when uh, my dad and I were about to go somewhere. And then he just told me to close the, the sliding door. So we have this really big sliding door mm-hmm. and that separates the patio from the living room. So, you know, just as usual, I, I shut it. And as I was walking away, I, literally saw like this flash of light like right behind me it's as if someone was taking like a picture of me with the flash on and i heard this sound like that i heard a sound just like that i saw Uh this flash of light i was like what's that (laughs) and then i turned around and then my dad said hey i I told you to close the door and i saw the door it was completely open i was like what's that all about you know and so as I got older, those two experiences were something that was just very strange to me. I didn't know how to explain it. So, you know, of course, as a religious person, you could take it in certain ways, either positive or negative. You could look at, you know, like the first one, like when I was small and I saw that ghostly figure, was mm-hmm. that an angel? Was that a demon? You know, it just depends upon your worldview or how fear-based your, your beliefs are. Right. But, you know, honestly, I, I didn't know what to make of those types of experiences. But the big thing for me, Caroline, was as you know, since you were at the event, um, that I was born with only one hand, right? If I could see, you know, people on the podcast, you can't see that. But um, that was probably something that was the biggest thing for me my whole life. Because as a child, like, unfortunately, I was teased a lot, you know, and that's just something that you don't want to wish upon anybody. And unfortunately, it got to me, you know, so for some people, they were able to probably hand, you know, handle being teased well, as a child, for me, unfortunately, I, I didn't handle it very well. I let it get to me, you know, when mm, people would just be things yeah. like, at least I'm not born with one hand, you know, like just little cheap shots like that, you yeah, know, kids, as, as a little it's kid. A shame that kids, <laughs> it's, I know. it's a shame that kids can be so cruel, really. Unfortunately, and even some adults, too, but, oh. you know, it was mostly when I was a now child. that's really bad. <laughs> Especially as a child, um, yeah. that's what happened to me. And because of that, I became very insecure. And I became very self-conscious about it, where I just was very, like, I just didn't think, you know, I, I had a hard time accepting myself. I was always asking the question of God, why was I born this way? I just feel different. And, you know, I thought girls would never like me. Like, no matter what I did, I cut my hair. I tried to dress up nice. But I thought, no matter what, people aren't, you know, girls aren't going to like me. And so that was, like, a big struggle for me. But what made it even more of a struggle was the fact that my my version of Christianity believed in a God that still does miracles today, right? Because there are some Christians who don't believe that God does miracles today, believe it or not. Some believe that that was only for the biblical times. But like I said, I believe the part of Christianity, the version of Christianity that believes that miracles are still for today. And so that being the case, me struggling with my hand for pretty much my whole childhood and knowing that God can create something out of nothing, right? I mean, he can make this, you know, this world, you know, he could, he could part the sea, he could give sight to the blind, he could give hearing to the deaf, etc. I mean, we would say things like, 
God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? Those were like the biblical verses we would say. I'm like, well, if he could do that, then he right. can give me two hands. <laughs> yes. you know, it's just as simple as that. And so as a child, Caroline, I, I really did struggle with that because I would many nights, I mean, many, many nights, I would just go to sleep, just crying and praying, asking God to give me two hands. So when I wake up in the morning, boom, I'll have two hands. Like, that's just right. what I thought. Like, hopefully when I wake up, <laughs> you know, and so what I would do is <clears throat> I would go to these, what are called miracle crusades. And, I'm, and I know Catholics have those kinds of things too, where you go to a big event mm-hmm. and there's what are called faith healers, right. you know? So I went to these faith healers that were the biggest names at the time. Right. And I would be crying out, you know, asking for two hands and nothing would happen. But the turning point for me was when I was 17 years old. And it was just very different because this was a time when the most famous healer at the time was in town. Oh, wow. (laughs) Without mentioning this person's name. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to miss this one. Yeah. And this was in California, which is where I was born and raised. Okay. So I, I went to this event. Actually, before I went to the event, I was telling a lot of my friends at school and, you know, my closest friends at church. And I was telling them, like, hey, I'm going to come back with two hands. And so wow. you imagine such a bold statement, bold yeah. claim that was for someone. And yeah. I was 17 years old and I was telling people who were not just Christian, but I even told people who were not Christian because I was going to try to use my, my miracle my creative right. miracle as like a testimony for them to believe in my God or my Jesus. Yes. Yes. And so I go to this event and, you know, I was just, a, there's thousands of people there. It was huge. And you see people there in wheelchairs and people who are sick and weak. And um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of energy in the room. There's a lot of expectation that's going on. Right. Um, yes. Very intense environment. And so there I was expecting and nothing mm-hmm. was happening. And right. I was, struggling with it. I was crying. And I remember telling my friends, I was like, take me to the stage. So maybe when the faith healer lays hands on me, something might happen if he touches me, <laughs> you know? And so my friends and I, we were going down to the stage. I'm like I said, there's a lot of people there. Right. And the faith healer said, come back tomorrow. You know, so this was like a two or three day event. I don't remember, okay. but it was at least two days for sure. So I was okay. like, all right, ah, I'm going to go back tomorrow. So I went back the next day, obviously, at least physically, nothing happened. Right. And that really changed me, Caroline. I mean, like I said, I've been doing this my whole life, but yeah. this was a turning point for me. So it's, it's interesting because a lot of people assume, because I've read this even like YouTube comments or emails that I received, they, they thought that I became angry at God because of that, or that's why I started to struggle with my faith or whatever. And that's not the case. I, I, I know what exactly what was going on inside of me at that time. When I didn't get quote unquote miraculously healed, right. I wasn't angry. <laughs> you okay. know, I wasn't like, like, Oh, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. It was more of a sadness. You mm-hmm. know, like, oh, maybe, maybe God doesn't do these types of things today because I've never seen, you know, growing up in a church that claims to, uh, believe in the supernatural and miracles I've never seen like a, a like a legit miracle that's just so undeniable I've never seen body parts grow you know mm-hmm. I've never seen someone be raised from the dead in a church I mean I could hear about these stories right. in Africa or whatever but I'm like is are, are they real now you know and so I started to become kind of skeptical right. you know so what happened was <clears throat> this was when I was a senior in high school I found out that one of my teachers there was what you would call a Christian apologist. And so just 
for your audience, for your listeners to understand what that means in case they don't know, is that an apologist, um, in simple terms, is just more of just someone who defends. So it's not just someone that like a Christian who can defend their faith. I mean, Muslims have their apologists too, okay. right? And so I was introduced to that apologetics world, meaning that I got so heavily involved in like the intellectual type of Christianity where mm-hmm. it was more of like, uh, like proving that Christianity is true and answering people's questions like, oh, how do you know the Bible is true? You know, and that I would lay out all the historical arguments for the historicity, right, of the Bible, or, or I'll give the philosophical arguments for the existence of God, you know, all those like intellectual kind of things. And that honestly, that changed my life, Caroline, because as a kid, I was very simple. <laughs> you know, like when I go to church, there's a, there's, a, there's a famous speaker at the pulpit who claims to be anointed by God. I believed him or her. That's just how I was, you know, right. as a kid. <clears throat> and so, of course, there, there's some problems with that. But when I got into apologetics, I look at it as kind of like a, like a double-edged sword. And this is what I mean, is that during this period, I became extreme. During this period, because of apologetics, I, I for the first time, started to really question things i I, for the first time i started to really question uh preachers that were coming to the church you know which i think is very healthy you know as a skeptic Mm because in even at this time in my life now i'm 38 i i'm still a skeptic right in the the original sense right so a skeptic is somebody who um just doesn't believe something right away but you'll wait for some evidence you know to convince you yes so that in some sense it was good but here's where i think it went wrong for me where I became too skeptical to the point where I, I, I lost the original meaning of the word, where I just didn't believe any claim at all, like okay. no matter what. So if somebody claimed during this eight-year period mm-hmm. of, oh, Josh, so-and-so got healed, I'd be like, come on, please. <laughs> you know, or someone, oh, Josh, did you hear about that person in Africa or so-and-so was raised from the dead? I'm like, come on, why isn't everybody talking about this on the news, you know, or things <laughs> like that, or people who would go to these miracle crusades. and I, and I I started to like filter everything, all of my past experiences would be like, that's true. I've never really seen anything that was undeniably a miracle. I just see people speaking in tongues, <laughs> but mm-hmm. that just sounds strange. You know, you can make it up, you know, just like jibber jabber, da, 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 whatever. I saw right. people falling down in the spirit. That's what they would call it. Right. I'm like, you know what? That could just be purely uh, like psychological. Like, it's just like, it's like hypnotism or people right. just falling down because of an expectation, you right. know? And so I started to filter everything, just my whole history growing up as a Christian through that lens where I just didn't believe any claim at all. Now, now it's possible that all of the guys that I used to listen to were all charlatans and fakes and stuff, because that's where my mindset was actually going. Like all those guys that I grew up listening to and going to these crusades, I'm like, oh, they're all charlatans. They're all out there for your money or they're just delusional. Right. And, And there's a possibility, right? But right. then at that time, I'll be honest, I was so critical of it where I didn't accept anything, any claim, right. like for eight years. So yes. I wasn't just a passive type that just didn't believe in it. I was a very aggressive one where I went around sharing my story to everybody because I was already a speaker when I was 17 years old. I was already traveling, doing Q&As and actually uh, exposing faith healers, <laughs> okay. believe it or not. Yeah, because yeah. I had my story. Right. And I also had my my arguments, right? right? And so my what changed an, another turning point that happened for me after eight years mm-hmm. Caroline, 
in 2005. And it's when I had a very serious back injury. And so okay. as you probably heard, if you remember yes. at the event, mm -hmm. I was a break dancer. <laughs> so <laughs> despite, my, despite my hand being born this way, I could still break dance. I've been doing that since I was in elementary school, believe it or not. I still wow. watch it to this day. So I love break dancing. And unfortunately, in 2005, I was um, at a party <laughs> and I started battling this person okay. at a party and I injured my back. Oh. And it was like a very scary moment for me because I remember this is, I've never really had back problems before. It's right. that's the thing. And so I got up after I did my little dance thing. <laughs> yeah. And then I noticed that everything below my waist, Caroline, got extremely heavy like numb like I just felt like I couldn't move and I, I just went back down on the ground right and the guy that I was trying to battle went in and started battling me I'm like in my head I'm like I can't go back in <laughs> I can't go back in you know I, 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 have to, I have to share another thing with you right oh, now okay I have never I had never witnessed a battle of break dancing before oh. in my life until until oh. and now I know this was the Ions conference Oh, okay. <laughs> the last night of the Irons conference, there was like a disco. The, you know, the conference had a disco, and then we, there was a DJ, and then oh, so nice. there was a DJ, and then there was one guy, this young guy. I mean, he had to be in his no, um, about twenty, twenty-two, twenty-three, something like that. But this guy, and I even went up into him. It's like, where'd you learn to dance? <laughs> <laughs> so this young guy was dancing on. So the DJ got off the stage. To battle him and bring oh, him. And so we all stepped aside and watched them battle. It was the funniest, it was That's the most awesome. wonderful thing, but I had that was the first time I ever witnessed that before. That's awesome. <laughs> I should have went to that event too. Yeah, then. that was in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. That's cool, yeah. So you can see it's a it's a very physical type of yeah. thing. Yeah. Some very acrobatic type of movements. And yes. Like I said, when it happened to me, um, like just my everything below my waist just was going wrong and I remember uh, my pain I just had a lot of pain in my back and so I eventually found out that I, I had something called a herniated disc and just to explain Ouch. that I suffer from sciatica so like I learned all this stuff when I had my injury that when you have your spine right so in between each vertebrae there are certain discs right and what happened is that the disc in my vertebrae were, was getting crushed and so when mm. it gets crushed it starts to bulge out you know, it's like ah. a slip, like a slip disc. When it bulges out, it starts to touch like a nerve yeah. and it just it sh shoots down to your body. So it's a nerve problem. And wow. so it was really bad, Caroline, because I mean, I could hardly do anything. And I mean, I've, I've, I've seen people with back problems, but when I had mine, like I literally would walk like a really, really, like not to sound like bad, but like, like a really old person. I walk super, super slow. Like I'm always shaking and right. I always have to hold on to rails. Like right. that's how bad it was. I always had to hold on to rails. You give me a laptop. This was back in college. This was 2005. And I would just cry trying to carry my laptop to my dorm. Wow. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And, you know, when I would lie down, just I can't even get off of the ground sometimes or get out of bed because it would just shoot down to my, my feet and my back, like from my butt all the way down to my feet. When I would, uh, when I would sneeze, it hurts. Like it just oh. shoots down. When I cough, it hurts. When I laugh, it hurts. And I love to laugh a lot, nice. <laughs> which is sad, which is like a, the, the irony of it. You try to be happy and laughing, and you just start hurting. <laughs> oh my and God. Um, when I would wake up every morning, I would step, my, put my feet on the ground. I lived in a dorm room. And every time I would put my feet on the ground at that time, 
it would feel like because dozens of needles were poking my feet. It was just like the weirdest thing. Then I did physical therapy. I did, you know, I had a lot of Asian friends. They're like, Josh, do acupuncture. It works. And I did acupuncture. It didn't stink and work. In fact, I did all of those things. I got prayers from everybody because I went to um, a private school. So in the school, they used to actually pray for me in every class because they asked, does anyone need prayer? I would tell everybody about my back. Right. And sadly, it, it didn't get better. You know, despite the prayers, despite the physical therapy, the acupuncture, you know, so I was like trying to develop some sort of narrative for me to try to like, like a coping mechanism. How can I help? Like maybe God's doing this to build my character. You know, I'm just like trying to come up with something. It's not right. to get it through because I was like, well, I don't feel like I deserve this. I was a good person. I was right. even a pastor at the time. I was serving at a church mm-hmm. and I was really struggling with this, Caroline. And yes. um, like I said, just every night I would cry asking God why. You know, mm-hmm. it just didn't seem fair. And to make matters worse, not too long after that, I was at a friend's house and, you know, we were, I was just, just eating dinner there. And right. right after dinner, I felt like this weird sensation and pain in my chest, this weird sensation on my left side of my body. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was having a heart attack. Right. And that night, I'm like, I just couldn't function. I had told my friend I need to lie down on the couch. I drove home literally. After like a couple hours of when I woke up, I was driving home and I was literally like about to pass out when I was driving home. And when I got home, I just, it just was getting worse. This pain in my chest. I, I thought I was literally having a heart attack. And so I thought I was going to die then and there, mm-hmm. seriously. And I, I remember I got down on my knees. I was like asking God for forgiveness just in case it's like my last night, but it was really that bad. And I know this is probably not the best way to handle it. But that night I just endured the pain until I fell asleep. Oh. I eventually went to the hospital and I found out that I was diagnosed with something called GERD, which is gastroesophageal reflux disease. I mm. never even knew what that was, you know, just that word. And I, that they told me at the hospital that I had an extreme form of it. And so it's weird because Caroline, all my years, I honestly don't remember having heartburn or like chest pain. Honestly, I don't remember. So even if I did, it's, it must've been so subtle where it's not really memorable right. you know right then all of a sudden i have this really big attack in my chest one night and from that day forward i had chest pain i had heartburn and i had this very nasty taste of vomit in my throat 24 mm. 7 mm. literally 24 7 and it's crazy like i said from nothing at least from what i'm aware of to all of a sudden i'm having this problem in my chest every day you mm-hmm. know for a long time and i'm like you could just give me like a little uh, candy like a lifesaver candy that's small round ones and I remember just taking one of those I was screwed up the entire day like mm. I just it's a problem with my throat like it doesn't close properly so I'm always tasting the acid and I did the diets like I did everything nothing worked again so so, so Joshua are you saying that you had this on top of the yeah pain? I had it yeah oh. so this happened not too long after so it okay. was like the year of he- from hell. <laughs> so I, we are, I, was, I was wondering what's going on with my life, you know? Oh, and so wow. there I was where, you know, I'm like trying, I can't even sleep normally. I, like I said, I, I used to take seven to eight pills a day. I had to sleep with like two pillows to elevate my head. So the acid doesn't mm-hmm. keep going through my throat and things like mm-hmm. that. And, um, you know, like I said, I was taking so many pills. And so I had these two main things in my life. And I'm not even thinking about my hand anymore. I was a skeptic. I don't believe that God's ever going to do healing or miracles. I don't. And so there I was um, struggling because even though I would 
go to the doctor all the time and ask people to pray for me, like my expectation to get healed really wasn't there because like I was such a skeptical person, you know, right. to be honest. And, um, but what became another turning point for me was the following year. So you can see I did, it was a long time that I had this. It was the following year was right. when I met a man named William Beeson. And William Beeson was a guy who I didn't know who he was, but he was speaking to us like several students and he was talking about his healing, what he would describe as a miraculous healing. And so they described Willie, William as like this modern day Job. And just in case your listeners aren't aware of who Job was, Job was someone in the Old Testament yes. who just suffered a whole lot. Let's just put it that way. And so a people lot, were calling yes. this William. So you're familiar. So William Beeson yes. was this guy who was a modern day Job. And so what happened with him, with his story was that the discs in his spine actually ruptured. So it was like really bad. He had to get five surgeries. When you have one surgery, right, you're never the same. He had right. five and he had to get two more. So it was going to be a total of seven, mm. right? And so he was bedridden 22 hours a day. And prior to his injury, he was this really big, bulky guy. But after his injury, because of all the surgeries and being bedridden, he became super, super skinny. Right. right. And so he had a lot of health issues. There was no blood flow in his left leg. He was actually going to get it amputated. His oh business God. wasn't going well. His family was falling apart because he was suffering. Right. And so what happened was, is that just for his family's sake, he was going to go to this healing service. Right. And his, he's not a religious type of person. He was never really into that stuff. Right. And his, he was doing it for the sake of his wife. And so he, he went to this service and, and, uh, he got prayer, and he said nothing happened. He did hear a voice, though, which was very strange. He mm -hmm. heard a voice literally say, you are not going to die. And he was there in his, like, wheelchair at this event. And right. he said that when he heard this voice, he actually felt worse. And he's like, he knows it wasn't the, the, the healer guy, that the healer guy that was there, because the healer guy was this uh, very Korean guy who had a very thick accent. So it was really right. like this voice out of nowhere. You right. know, you could call it God or whatever. Right. And he says, I just felt, he said that he felt worse because if he's not going to die, he doesn't want to live like this forever, <laughs> for a long right. time. I mean. right. And so he goes home because nothing happened there, at least initially. Right. And he's in his bed writing in his journal, just documenting everything. And um, all of a sudden he felt or he heard the strong wind come into the room mm -hmm. and he was taken up out of his body into mm -hmm. what he would describe as heaven. And mm -hmm. so when he was there, there was a figure, there was a being who identified who, who he just knew was Jesus. Mm -hmm. And this Jesus figure told Willie, said, you are going to be 100% healed, restored to your youth. Boom, wow. he comes back to his body. When he stood up, he said that, when, me, him, he's like, when I stood up, speaking as if I'm Willie, he's like, when I stood up, mm -hmm. that was already a miracle. When I took a couple of steps out of my bed, that was already a miracle. And he, right. he said that he ran like a mile or two. He was wow. screaming, saying, I'm healed. I'm healed. God is real. God is real. And I'm listening to this guy. Mm -hmm. And this was when I was already eight years skeptic, right? Caroline said, so just to keep that in mind. Right. I've heard many healing stories those eight years. I've heard about people being resurrected from the dead. I didn't believe it. Right. Um, I've heard people have out-of-body experiences during the eight-year period. I didn't believe it. Right. But when I heard this guy, I started to believe him. And it's interesting because this guy was so monotone. You know, he's just a very, you know, low speaking kind of guy. He wasn't like the persuasive, amazing, powerful speaker guy.
but what, what really got to me was there was just a genuineness to him as he was speaking. And he brought in medical records from UCLA, from Germany. And that was like giving him more credibility in my eyes. And I eventually met his friend who was an atheist at the time. I don't know if he is now because this was years ago, but at the time his close friend was an atheist and his atheist friend said he knew Willie during this whole ordeal of him suffering and sick. And then one day he was like that. Then the next day, boom, he was completely normal. And he was still an atheist when I met him. So Mm. it's like that kind of gives the story more credibility because he says, I don't know how to explain what happened to Willie. All I know is that Willie was like this one day. Now he's not like this anymore, but I'm still an atheist, <laughs> you know? And so just hearing that, I'm just like, wow, that there, there's something to this guy's story. Yeah. And so when that happened, I, I approached Willie, at least the first time that I met him. And I just told him about my back, mm-hmm. right? And he was so kind to me. He says, Josh, just give me your, your email and we'll exchange information. And so, you know, um, not long, too long after that, he gave me the website of that church that had that healing service where he was receiving that healing prayer. Okay. So I checked it out. And when I read the website, I was like, ah, it's like, it was like the typical charismatic stuff that I grew up with. You know, so it's like, you can imagine me like rolling my eyes, like, oh, okay. You know, I, I'm already familiar with this stuff. And so I was reading the testimonies and there are people with like, headaches getting healed and I was like uh, headache that's not a big deal you know was, that's just how I was thinking I'm like come on you know something more miraculous you know and then um there are stories of people with like back problems getting healed and then there was one of like cancer cancer mm-hmm. being I'm like wow if that's true that is a big deal if that's true right right and then what hit me was the the uh one testimony where it said that like an arm grew out or an arm lengthened something along those lines and i was like what wow. an arm lengthened an arm grew up and I, I was like it was like part of an arm was it a complete arm you know i was like all these questions was going on in my mind and um i don't know how else to describe it caroline but at that very moment i was extremely 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 confused oh. it's like this rush of emotion of just i don't know what to believe right now because okay. My whole life, that was my struggle, you know, right. wanting my arm to grow or whatever. Right. And I remember I, I just shut the computer because I didn't know what to do. And this was at my school, right. at my university. So I, I went to the prayer chapel and mm-hmm. I just started crying. And my desire for the first time in eight years, my desire to be healed from my hand came back for the okay. first time. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. I remember just talking to the people at the schools asking is this true is this real are people really having these miracles or whatever right. and i was so hurt like i was like confused i was like why would this happen to me again why why would i see this website or meet this guy just to get hurt again you know because i don't want to be like when i was 17 going to a crusade and and not getting healed again right. you know right. just to disappoint me even more yes. and so i'm just trying to condense everything <laughs> um right no no long story short (laughs) cool i I had this renewed interest where i started to revisit the topic of healing Mm -hmm. for the first time in a sense with this new lens like a new filter right because growing up like i said i I already was already familiar with this stuff but now i was hearing about these other healers these other speakers that were not the ones that I used to watch on Christian television that just seemed kind of like these religious fanatics, just to be honest. But some of these people were more like the intellectual type. Some of them right. were 
even former skeptics who became believers in healing. And I just ate up every single book that I could read on. I mean, I, I literally did put a lot of my schoolwork aside because this was actually the semester that I was graduating. I uh -huh. honestly didn't care. This stuff was really impacting me even more. I was just reading everything. I was traveling to all the places that I would hear about these healers that were so new to me. Right. And what I would do is that, you know, um, eventually I started to do healing on other people. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, Caroline, as I would do these healings, people would get healed. Like immediately, wow. like pains would disappear and they would just take off their cast like right away. I was like, whoa, this is, what's going on? <laughs> you know, th wow. that's never happened to me because when I was, when I was like more conservative, like during my eight year period, my prayers would be more of like, uh, God, if it's your will, but if not, you know, you know, just guide the doctor's hands or this medicine or whatever, whatever. But now right. I was learning this other healing stuff of just like commanding the body to be healed. And I would always feel like a sensation, like heat coming from my hands. And people would always tell me like every time I would touch them, yeah. there was a gesture. It's like, feels very hot. I'm like, yeah. really? Like my hand's cold though. <laughs> you know? And so this was something that was very new for me. And I was noticing that. Mm -hmm. And eventually this one well-known church in Anaheim found out about what was happening to me and they were known for something called their healing rooms. And it's really dope because these healing rooms are like hospital rooms where uh, people literally go to this church that's known for healing, like wow. miracles, so to speak. And you would sign like a form, just writing down your condition. And then you would go upstairs and there are these teams of people who would just pray for you for healing. Mm -hmm. And there's like many amazing stories of people of, you know, cancers, all that stuff being healed. And these people at that church found out about me, what was happening to me. And so what happened was I was invited to be part of their team. Wow, which became like that's a great. Honor and privilege for me because I started to learn from these guys because there was a little part of me that still had some of my doubts, you know, so even when I'm doing some of this stuff, I'm still I, I'm believing more, so to speak, but I'm still having my doubts, you know, like, right. all right, that back pain went away. But I wonder if it's just a person's mind, you know, just to be honest, like that's just what's going on all the time. And then, um, but then I would meet these people who would just know things about other people. And for me, I'm like very skeptic because I grew up in that stuff. Cause I grew up in that Christian television where, you know, a, a preacher would tell like a whole audience, like there's someone here with a back pain. I'm like, well, of course someone has a back pain. <laughs> you know, it was very general. So I, that's why I became so skeptical of these faith healers who were always trying to be, we would use the word prophetic, right? That's right. the word that we would use. And so, but when I would meet, when I met these guys in these healing rooms, they're very specific. Like I was like, dude, how did they do that? That, that? That's just something trippy. And I saw it so much every single week, Caroline. I became convinced that this stuff was real, where we would use the word psychic, right? In, right. in this kind of context that we're in. Right. And so when that happened, I was getting so immersed in this world of, the, the quote-unquote supernatural or what you would call paranormal phenomena yeah. and my close friends some of them not all of them were they were all actually all my friends were shocked but there were a good number of them that were actually very upset and angry with me because they they were confused of what was happening to me because they knew my story because <laughs> I was the guy telling everybody at school, everyone at church is like, don't believe in this stuff. Okay. And they were like, Josh, you, Josh, you told us not to believe in this stuff. What's going on? I said, I don't know. This is what's happening to me. You know, I can't deny what's happening. And so every day what I would do because of the condition that I had, right. Is that I would imagine myself uh, completely healed. 
completely healed. Not that I was going to be healed one day, but I would, because I couldn't really walk, remember? I would imagine myself during my times of prayer, of just seeing myself running, not just walking, but running, right? Or because of my GERS, I couldn't eat a lot of types of foods. I would see myself eating the things that I love. Mm-hmm. And so long story short, my back is healed and my GERS is completely gone, completely gone, right? And, and I remember, as, you know, as I mentioned, I used to take seven pills a day, Caroline, cold turkey, no more. It was cold turkey. And it was such a trippy day for me when I was healed because I still remember that day. I, I went to the cafeteria at my school and I'm not supposed to eat like pretty much anything that was there, pretty much, you know, probably except bread, <laughs> you know, or lettuce. And if, if, if you're healed, you'll act a certain way. And mm-hmm. so what I did was, is that I, I chose to eat the hamburgers and the pizza and all those types of oily foods that you're not supposed to eat. And I, that's how I knew I was healed, Caroline. And from that day forward, it never came back. It never came back. And I'm 38 years old now. And I know people think I'm a lot younger, right? And this is what I, I, still, I still get emotional just thinking about it because of the gratitude in my heart. You know, we just came back from, so we're in the Philippines, right? I met you in Arizona. Right. What happens when you're traveling? You're carrying a bunch of luggage. Yes. I, I had to carry a bunch of my books there because I remember I, I did a book yes. signing there. Yes. I had no problems whatsoever. No right. problems whatsoever, Caroline. That, these are always reminders for me mm-hmm. of not to forget where I came from or even the food. You know, just like since we were in America, my wife and I are like, let's buy a bunch of candy and chocolate and bring you back to the Philippines. You know, <laughs> that, back in the day, Caroline, I couldn't even eat a lifesaver. A little yeah. light, but we bought a bunch of like everything. Reese's Pieces, we have it in the fridge right now. You know, sour gummies, all those things. You know, now yeah. I'm not telling people to eat like me. <laughs> But I know that people, even my age, they you don't, know, they don't even... You know I'm going Kikos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. No, it's okay. okay. This, is my, this is just my own personal thing. You know, no, so no, no. But I, I, met, I, I met you and your wife, and you guys are thin yeah. as well. <laughs> no, thank you. And you know, honestly, I'm actually more healthy now than when I was um, back in college and honestly in high school. I'm actually more healthy. I'm right. healthier now. So that's the thing. It's like I even feel like I look a lot younger. If, if you people do. were to look at my Facebook and if you were to see my Facebook from my college days, I actually looked a lot older. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like I know my body isn't quote unquote normal, at least the way we would think of normal now because the friends who are my age, you know, yeah. I always have, you know, these reunions with people that I meet who come visit me in the Philippines from high school or college. And that, you know, a lot of them are struggling with their conditions, with their body physics. Oh, we can't do this anymore, Josh. That's when we're young or whatever. We can't eat this. <laughs> and, you know, some of them told me that because some of them were in the medical field. Mm-hmm. They said, Josh, you're going to have this, these conditions the rest of your life. And I remember at that time, Caroline, I just knew that that's not what I wanted. Right. I didn't accept it. So I could feel, feel, theologize it. What's the word where I could just try to explain something, a way of why I'm having these conditions. Right. But I chose a different reality. I said, right. that's not the world that I want to live in. So I knew that when I was healed, right. it wasn't magic. It was a state of consciousness. It was a state of being that I knew that I was already healed. It wasn't yeah. like, I hope I'm going to be healed when I eat this pizza. I yeah. hope I'm going to be healed. You know, because it sounds crazy to somebody, to, to, for someone who can't really walk, to say, just start walking. You know, <laughs> but you're like, what? I, I can't. <laughs> you know, but there's something that happens. 
in yeah. your being, in your state of consciousness, that when your state of consciousness shifts, your body just responds. It reacts. Well, you, you, you just said it. When someone not walking, and yeah. you say, just get up and walk, they look at you like you're crazy. And the first thing they say is, I can't. Exactly. And they think, exactly. what you say you can't do, you can't exactly. do. What you, you say can. you can do, you can't. It's that simple. It's truly exactly. that simple. It's, yeah. it's true. I mean, just imagine, right? Just if we were using an example from the Bible, like if, if Jesus or if someone tells, hey, get up and walk to a cripple, you'll be like, I'm crippled, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's why you say, get up and walk. Now, I'm not telling your audience to do the thing that they're not supposed to do. That's according to their own state of being, their own state of consciousness. I'm not here to hurt anybody. Right. right? I'm, I'm here and to say, I'll it's, go ahead. it's about belief. That's it what is it about is. yeah. And, so they're, they're, they're said that in the Bible. Exactly. It's not. I did nothing. It's your belief, right? That did it. Right. So that's why if they say they can't, they believe they can't. But if they say they can, they yeah. can. And there, exactly. um, I uh, witnessed the medical miracle with my son. Um, okay. Doctor said he wasn't going to live. Mm. And he took himself off life support. And the wow. doctors were in shock because when he, he pulled himself off life support, he even, because they have you sedated, semi-sedated when okay. you're on life support. They have to okay. because everybody, if they were totally awake, the, the, the um, tube going down their throat is very uncomfortable. So okay. um, he was semi-sedated um, and he managed to, pull the tube, the ventilator, out of his mouth, and then he pulled the feeding tube, tube. I think wow. it was, the feeding tube was in his nose, he pulled that out. And mm. when he did that, alarms went off, but when they came, he was completely fine. The doctor wow. said it was like he was not even sick. Wow. So that was, that's a true medical miracle. Yeah, and that is, wow. That was his will, but he did that, I know, for me because I wasn't ready for him to transition. Mm. So he's like, okay, I'm gonna stick around a little bit more because my mom needs me. And when wow. she's ready, I'll go because it was still his one of his exit points, but he's okay. decided to put off that exit point. Sure, for me. sure, wow, there you go. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so he, he there was a will involved, his will to, to live, <laughs> Yes. right? For the sake of, for, for you. Yes. And so that, that's the choice that people can make when it comes to their decisions in life. It's either you could ask all the why questions of right. why me, why me, or, right. or you could ask the what question, what can I do, or what do I want? And for mm -hmm. me, no matter what people said, right. you know, I didn't want to be that way in my early 20s, Caroline. Exactly. I mean, who would, who would want to be that way? Now, yeah. now I, I don't want to explain other people's experiences. Everyone has their own suffering. You know, right. mine was a very painful one, but all I know is that I wanted to get well. And thankfully, I did. And yeah. um, it's completely changed my life. I wouldn't be where I am today. So you look at me from a skeptic to a believer, and my hand is still like this. And mm -hmm. that's the thing. It's like what I've learned after all these years, like yes. I said, I'm 38 years old now. Like yes. I've accepted it. And right. I now realize that it was all part of the plan because it, it made me who I am today. Yes. You know, me and my journey and, and thinking a certain way and trusting and having my own experiences and so i do believe if you know people do believe in the pre-birth plan i believe it was all part of the plan yes you know but as as i start to have these experiences 
if I were to continue what's been happening to me, I started to have more experiences that were just not just the healing stuff, but what we would consider the paranormal phenomena. So I started yes. have, having these, you know, psychic abilities that would come or what we would call in the Christian, you know, context, we would call it words of knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. Where I would like know things about people or right. I would feel the conditions in their body. When I'm around somebody, I know where you're feeling pain because I can actually feel it, which mm -hmm. is like very strange for people, you know? Right. And I guess, you know, if I were to share some stories of like in the beginning of how I started to notice these things was like one of them was when I was in California mm -hmm. and I was at a place called the block, which is like an outdoor mall. Okay. And we were at like a Barnes and Noble, I believe. And I was just, it was very random. I was just looking at books next to someone and I heard a voice say, ask her about her dad. And I'm like, what? Ask her about her dad? Like that was the first time I've heard it just very random when I was like next to a girl. And I was like, uh, okay. And I just took a step of faith. And I just asked her about her dad. And yeah. the crazy thing was, it just, she just broke down. And she opened up to me and my friends. And we found out there, there was like some sort of abuse going on. And mm -hmm. you know, my friends and I, we took some time to encourage her, kind of counsel her. And, right. you know, that, that, that experience was like very trippy for me because that's never happened, at least from my, what I can remember. So right. I, and then not too long after that, I went to school and I was on the computer. Mm -hmm. And I was in the computer room in the library and there was, a girl like two seats down from me. I right. noticed when she was on the computer, she got really emotional. Okay. I was like, whoa, what's going on? So I was like, mm -hmm. let me try to listen and see yeah. if I have something for her. Yeah. All of a sudden, a name, a name popped up. You know, mm -hmm. So that's a very specific thing. A name popped up and I said, um, excuse me, does uh, such and such name mean anything to you? And she's like, oh my gosh, like that person that I'm contacting about. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Like I'm wow. hearing voices. <laughs> you know, and so I started to really like, you know, practice these things more. I started to teach people how to do these things. And, mm -hmm. and my, my view of God, my view of reality started to change. Okay. And my understanding of life and, my, and faith became much bigger than my religion. And so mm -hmm. what, I started to ha what started to happen was I started to actually question my, my beliefs as a, as a fundamentalist Christian. Right. You know, and so it's, it's crazy because I grew up in this stuff. Mm -hmm. I was defending it for so many years. Mm -hmm. and, but now it's like reality started to shift because I was meeting all these wonderful people who are not Christian. Right. Who, in my worldview, they would still go to hell because it doesn't matter if you're good or not. They don't believe in Jesus the way that I do, et cetera. Right. You know? And I just noticed like, oh man, what's going on? Like, mm -hmm. this isn't making sense. And what really started to expand my understanding even more is when I started to explore other healing modalities. So mm -hmm. back in the day, even though I was doing healing as a Christian, I was, I always did it in the Christian way. So I'd be like, in Jesus name, be healed, you know, right. or demon this, get out, you know, whatever. Yeah. It was just, that's the way that I was taught. And right. so whenever I heard about like Reiki or the new age stuff, I'm like, nah, that's demonic. You know, that's how I would look at it back then, <laughs> you know? So now at this time when I was becoming more open, Right. You know, and right, I'm like, right. Yeah, God was expanding. I was just like, yeah, try and explore these other modalities. You know, maybe yeah. they're not as bad or evil as I thought that they were. And so I started learning these things. I started delving into like all well, the Here's one of the things. Uh, I, I get into discussions, very, very civil, very peaceful discussions with fundamental Christians today. And mm. the thing, okay, if you go back, I, I know the Bible because I went to Catholic school for six years. Right. Okay, you go back um, 
And we know, we all know, even Christians know that God made everything, even quote unquote, the devil, air quotes. Okay, mm -hmm. the devil. Um, so the devil was made by God. Okay, so the devil is of God. Just so what I always use the yin yang symbol as my okay. my my visual. It's sure. equal. The black sure. and the white are equal. They're not that the, there's a lot of the white is much broader than the dark. It's they're equal. And that symbol is God. So what we call quote unquote, we label it. What we label right. evil, demonic, all that is a part of God. It's not separate mm -hmm. from God. There is nothing right. separate, but they, right. you know, I know I've, I've had very peace because I don't, or I never debate when it comes to religion. Right. I respect right. all religions. Sure. And so the, for me, the oneness, so people ask me, what is this oneness? Is it a new religion? I said, it's mm. the opposite of a religion because nothing and yeah. no one in it is excluded from the oneness. Right, right. So no, that, that's, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what totally, that's what resonates with me, Caroline, because when yes. I was just having a day-to-day -day experiences with people, just like you, I was experiencing this oneness with people where I honestly, I would just even tell my wife, like, how could this person that is not a Christian go to hell for all eternity? Like I felt the love from them. I mean, right. there's this connection that we have, right. but I'm saying those, those were the experiences that I was starting to just start to acknowledge. You know, I was like, I, I've known that. I think pretty much my whole life, but it's like my, my mind would say no, but they're still blah, blah, blah. You know, it's kind of like an us versus them mentality where, you know, we're saved. You're not, we're blessed. You know, you're not, we're favored by God. We're going to heaven. You're going to hell. Like, and I started to realize there was like this disconnect between right. my head and my heart. Mm -hmm. And now it was time for me to listen more to my heart. Yes. Right. And so as I started to do that, as I started to, um, include everybody instead of you know judging them and become yes. more compassionate and it's just realizing that they come from a different i mean like i'm here in the philippines right. when you come here you're most likely for the most part there's exceptions obviously uh it's predominantly a roman catholic country oh. you know when you go to the states it's it's a very uh christian country you go to china it's buddhist you know with exceptions mm -hmm. of course but it's right. just like we are we are affected by our environment you know right. we can't deny that right. and um, so yeah, as I started to explore different healing modalities and I started to learning, learning about like quantum healing, like energy, energy healing and yes. these other different types of modalities, what that started to open up my eyes even more, Caroline, because I started right. to see that it was really just semantics. So just like you're saying, if there's this oneness thing, I right. started to notice that what I was experiencing in the Christian church as a child, and even as I was getting older, seeing these weird phenomena, they're just human experiences. So for example, when I would go to these crusades, and I would even have these experiences myself where I would fall down, I would, have, I would start shaking in my body, right. and people would have feelings in their back, where, up their spine. We would call that the Holy Ghost is upon you. We right. would, that's what we would say. We wouldn't say that's energy healing, but when you go to these spiritual events, gatherings we wouldn't say that's holy ghost we would say that's the kundalini <laughs> right. you know like like things like that or when i was in the charismatic world we would say oh that person's prophetic you know that right. person is a prophet of god and then when you go to the non-christian context it's more of like no no that person's psychic you know? right. and we would say no it's word of knowledge you know things like that it's like oh, it's just it's just semantics like people right. have these abilities it doesn't matter you know whatever you, you could call it energy holy ghost has called right. project whatever Right. It's all it's the human experience. That's what was really expanding my view 
of reality, Caroline, where I just started to open myself up even more. But just to backtrack, and this is something that's been an area that I'm focusing a lot on now, was just my whole out-of-body experiences. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to backtrack, was in 2006 was like the first one where I had like this conscious experience of something strange happening to me where I was right. in the library at my school and I was fully conscious mm-hmm. and I saw this bright light literally shining on me. It was like extremely bright, but it wasn't painful. It's strange. Right. <laughs> and, and the first words that went on in my head, I remember it so vividly. I said, here we go. I've heard about this. <laughs> and I just saw this bright light and I felt this strong surge of energy. And I heard the like that. Okay. Just like energy, vibrations. Energy. And, and ringing in my ear. And it was so strong, I felt like I was being crushed. Just to be mm. honest, it felt like I was being crushed by this energy. Like you could just imagine my teeth like, oh, like that. Like I just couldn't move. Right. And all of a sudden, um, it disappeared. It went mm-hmm. away, but then it came back two times. I said, oh, what's that about? Wow. So I didn't know what to do with that, right? And not too long after that, I was in the library again. And obviously, you know, in the library, there are different book aisles, right? Right. Aisles, right. aisles of books. And so I was on a beanbag on one aisle. Right. And the next thing you know, I was in another aisle. Wow. Like just out of my body. And my vision was very, like, gloomy. Like, it was dim as if somebody dimmed the lights. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, what am I doing here? Wow. And I was just looking at the environment. And all of a sudden, boom, I went back to my body. Wow. And I was like, what was that all about? And so at that time, just to be honest, because this is when I was still more of like in my Christian background, you know, I, I, I didn't know what to do with that. Because for me, I was only familiar with near-death experiences. Like you had to be near death, you know, to right. come out of your body. I didn't know anything about like astral traveling or anything like that. Right. Right. But I, I eventually, years later, I, I, re- I revisited that topic. And mm-hmm. just with my personality, as you can tell, I just delved heavily into that. Right. And I said, I want to learn how to do that because I've right. always wanted to experience and know reality. Right? Right. Reality is more than this physical world. So as a, oh. as a Christian right. who believed in the supernatural, who believed in the non-physical, that wasn't a problem for me. I believed in this stuff already. But I wanted to experience the quote-unquote other side even though right. it's just another frequency right you know, another, plane another of reality, dimension yes another dimension and so for for months i would learn about these techniques on how to get out of body then i would mm-hmm. tell my wife like oh remy i'm gonna go out of body tonight you know just kind of hype myself up and then nothing would happen <laughs> for <laughs> night after night nothing would happen for months and then all of a sudden boom it happened wow and like, awesome and i remember just floating out of my body yes you know and i was fully conscious fully awake just right. like how I'm looking at you now, even right. more, more real than this. How do you explain that? Right. And, right. and I got so into it, Caroline, mm-hmm. where I was, this was happening to me several times a month, sometimes wow. several times a week, or even several times in one day. Mm-hmm. That's just how my personality is. I, I just go all the way with things. And what I would do is I would just like document everything and tell my wife, well, I just saw this, I saw that. And you wow. know, it, 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 it's, it became so transformative to me because I, like I said, I've always believed in this, in, in, in the non-physical realm, so to speak. Right. You know, in other entities, well, all those things. But now it's kind of solidified my belief even more. You know what I right. mean? But I know you want to say something. Right? Uh, yeah, I just want to interject because um, one of my awakening moments was in seventh grade. In okay. Seventh, in seventh grade science class, I'll never forget when my science teacher said, nothing is truly solid. We were studying atoms and molecules at that time. 
and he was showing us pictures of a piece of wood hot, you know, under a high powered microscope. And all you see is tiny little particles we call atoms, right? right. And right. inside those atoms, now we know, because this is more recent science, now we know inside the atom is 99.99999% empty space. Sure. So we learned in, ele in, in elementary yeah. science, yeah. I know I did, that nothing yeah. is truly solid. So what we call yeah. a physical world is not physical. Yeah, just an it's illusion. It's still right? part of the spiritual realm, but at a very yeah. low density. Right, exactly. Right, so at a subatomic level, everything's just energy. <laughs> it, it, right. Exactly, everything. It feels, it feels physical, but you know. Yeah, it, 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 everything, like, like you said, everything, how I always introduce my show, everything is energy, and that energy is interdependent and um, interconnected. So yeah. that is, it's one energy. I, right, my right. name for that one energy is love. Right, right, yeah. There you go. And so that, that's what changes everything is this, yes. whatever you want to call it, God, universe, love, love, love is the source. Like I said, it's always, it's just a semantics thing, you know, yes. healing now, you know, they introduced me at the conference as like, I'm an energy healer. It's love. Yes. It, it's energy. It's the, it's the love is the vibration of it all. Right. Yes. And so though these things have been changing my life, Caroline, and this is, this has been my passion for the last couple of years, of course, I had to go through some um, yeah. tough times of, of loneliness, you know, just um, kind of transitioning out of my fundamentalist Christian beliefs and not disregarding what I grew up in. I, I, I accept everything that, that shaped me to be who I am today. Yeah. You know, I have no, no regrets. My, my family, they're still what I would call, you know, um, religious people or Christians. And I respect them. I was just with them just a couple of weeks ago. Yes. And I yes. love them. I love them. Yes. It may, if it makes them a better person, more power yes. to them. Yes. I just, because of my experiences, I just came to different conclusions that yes. um, just being where I'm at now, I, you know, I'm not getting any younger and I'm just going to follow my heart because. You're the same age as my daughter. Oh, really? Oh, my cool. Daughter, my daughter, <laughs> I only had two, I only have two children. And my, okay. daughter's, my daughter's my oldest. Cool, so, yeah. Yeah, Kyle would be, is, Kyle is 34. And okay, so he's younger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was the youngest. Yeah, that's cool. yeah my yeah. daughter was, uh, they're four years apart. So my daughter's 38 and Kyle's 34. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. yeah. So I mean, like, for me, Caroline, I just reached a point where I just wanted to be as authentic and real as possible. I didn't want to live according to the majority or just trying to please my family. And I know that could be painful for a lot of people because we want to have approval. And I get right. that. But I've, I've already reached that place where they know that I, I'm just not going to do that. Like, I, I know I have to be true to myself. I don't want to live by someone else's standards and expectations, no matter how much I love them. I mean, it could even sound wrong, but even for my wife, I have to live according to my truth, what I understand. And she accepts that, which is beautiful. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, so that's the key to it. That's also a part of what the mission of this show is to help people understand who we truly are, which is yeah. an aspect of God and we can never be separated, but you yeah. have to be true to your own heart, not your intellectual mind. That's not, your mind is not going to always lead you in the right direction, but your heart yeah. will. So you always have to be true to yourself by being true to what's in your heart. Yeah, yes. there you go. Yeah. So that, that's something that I've, I've learned over time is just 
to always follow my heart. I was even telling my wife this earlier today, you know, that we always want to stay connected to it because for most of our life, we're, we, ha we, we have this tension, this disconnect where we hear one thing in our head, not to discount the mind. The mind has a certain yeah. place for us. You know, we, do, we use logic, we do math, yeah. right? Yeah. But we want to live yeah. from the heart space. We want to live right. by intuition. We want to be guided by love, yes. right? More so than anything in this world. And so for me, that's where I'm on. And this was what has led me to people like you, people at the conference, because, yes. um, you know, we, we, we had people leave us, you know, our tribe, so to speak, has disappeared for several years. Right. And I remember just kind of going through that transition. And it was painful in some ways, because the yeah. people that we were closest to, they just disappeared like that. Honestly, they just disappeared that, like that. I, like, oh, I, went, I went through the same thing, honestly. I went through it, yeah. actually, after my son's transition, and then when I, which I launched this show about six months, I lost people um, yeah. because, you know, they just weren't in alignment with what yeah, I- Yeah, they weren't my, in alignment. Yeah. yeah, they're not bad people. Yeah. They're just, they're just at different places. We're just not vibing. And it's okay because people are not, some of them are not meant to be with you forever. You know, exactly. people come and go. And so that's why I'm so grateful for the people who were there for us at that time. And then they decided yeah. to not be around. I'm like, that's okay. Yes. But, and I'm actually glad that my wife and I were actually alone in some ways because it gave me an opportunity to really just solidify who I am, my identity, that it's not because back then I was always I was speaking since I was 17, Caroline. So I was like, I knew that I couldn't always find my identity as a preacher, as being at church and having the attention and the audience always you know, looking to me. I'm like, right. I'm OK being, you know, I haven't I haven't spoken in public for a long time. So when okay. you saw me, what, two, three weeks ago? Yeah. I haven't spoken in a long time because I just decided to lay low for, right. for a couple of years. And I was okay with that, you know, yeah. because I just know that it's just really about wanting to connect with the right people for the right reasons who are in alignment, who have the same passion, the same heart yes. to help spread our message. Yes. <laughs> now, will you please, please share with my listeners two things. I want you to share the title of your book and, okay. and your website. Cool, cool. Yeah. So I have two books. And my first one is called So You Thought You Knew and it's about letting go of religion. And so this has this could be for some of your listeners if they're struggling with their religion or transitioning. But I talk about the the big things of Christianity. So I talk about um, how to understand God. You know, is is the God the God out there, the theistic God who we're always crying out to, or is he closer than you think? Or he, she, it, whatever you want to call it, right? Right. right. Is, is he closer than you think. Yeah. I talk about the doctrine of hell. I talk about the Bible. I talk about the devil. You know, just the big things you think about Christianity, I talk about it. Okay. My second book is called The Secret to Awesomeness, which is more of like a self-help uh, metaphysical manifestation yes. book. It's like a law of attraction kind of book where I talk about everything from healing to money, prosperity, wealth, and uh, following your dreams and talking about loving yourself, which was a big thing for me. I talk a lot about my journey growing up with you know just struggling with my hand just things like that and um yeah and my website you wanted me to mention my website yes please and my website is just my name it's just joshuatongo.com and yeah i have a bunch of free material out there i have a youtube channel um i also have a podcast called the flip side and as I, I, didn't know, too, I didn't know you had yeah. a podcast <laughs> oh yeah, yeah i have a podcast called the flip side <laughs> okay interesting. you know okay. and the same yeah same guests that you have that they've been on my show as well um, I have also a, a course that I mentioned to you in the email on law of attraction and okay. manifestation. And awesome. for your listeners, I'm willing to give, you know, I'm willing to share. I have a discount code of $200. So if you just type in save 200, 
Okay. You just go to the website and you just put that in, boom, you save 200 bucks. But this is, if you want to learn more about manifestation, this is something that I'm talking a lot about on YouTube okay. uh, right now. But I go a lot deeper in this course. It's a video course. And if you want to learn more about healing, want to learn about money and all those types of things and just how to manifest in general, okay. uh, you can check that out. So yeah, cool. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Thank Caroline. You. This is <laughs> wonderful. This has been, yeah, been fun. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> and I know you, it's very late there. It's uh, 1227 here. So it was, oh, it's all good. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm, I'm a night owl. In the morning. So. It's 1227 yeah, yeah. night for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's early here. I'm that's sure it. Like, when are you coming to bed, hon? I <laughs> know. <laughs> no, we're, we're good. We, we sleep like at five or six in the morning. So we're night owls. So okay. okay. Me too. <laughs> I'm totally a night owl. <laughs> It was an honor, though. Thank you yes, so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you so and... much. This has been such a great time. I would definitely let me know. Shoot me an email when you're back in the okay. States. I'm mostly sure. on the East Coast because I live on the East Coast, but occasionally I know I'm going out to San Francisco mid-November. So I know oh, you awesome. probably will okay. back to the States that soon. But when you're back, just yeah. let me know. For okay. sure. For sure. Awesome. Thank you so uh, much. Thank this you so much. This has been so great. Awesome. Cool. Okay, you go to bed and I'll get <laughs> okay. around, around right, the thanks. office. Okay.